You're listening to WNUR Evanston, and this is the best of WNUR programming. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to Opera Box Score, wherever you are, however you're listening. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, joined this week by co-hosts Tobias Wright and Giovanna Jacques. We are America's talk radio show about opera, period. No one talks with you about opera week in, week out like we do. What's more, on our show, you get to have your say live on the air. Call us on 847-866-WNUR. That's 847 847- 866-9687. Or you can leave us a message on 224-2189-BOX. Again, 224-218-9269. Well, Giovanna is back stateside from her trip to France and Italy. She's going to give you the latest on opera and culture from continental Europe. But first, it's war. On our Chalk Talk segment, military conflicts have been central to opera stories ever since George Frederick Handel composed Giulio Cesare in the early 1700s. Tonight, we look at contemporary operas that are continuing to tell those stories, including such works as Fallujah by Tobin Stokes and Jeremy Beck's piece, The Long Walk. Plus, we've got all your opera headlines in our two-minute drill segment, and at the bottom of the hour, we bring back some memories with one of the most famous opera memes ever to grace YouTube. See if you can recognize it. Let's do this. We are live. No edits, no filters. Kickoff is next. Keep it locked right here, right now, on WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, and Opera Box Score. Opera class, sports radio crass. This is Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Chalk Talk on Opera Box Score. And here we are, Opera Box Score, Monday night. This is George Cedarquist. Thanks for joining us on WNUR FM Evanston, Chicago. Tobias Wright, how are you? George, I'm great. And you know what? I'm a whole lot better because sitting across from me is the beautiful <laughs> Giovanna Jacques. <laughs> Giovanna. I thought you were say George Cedarquist. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanna, it's been an age. I know. It's been an actual month. An actual month. A whole entire four weeks. And you've been all over France and Italy, and you have a beautiful tan. I oh, yes. do. I wish this would never go away. But you it look, will. Well, why why should it? Can't you go to like the tanning salon and keep, do keep that. it up? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's totally George. different. Get it out of a bottle or something? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm a nature girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Tobias, you're doing an experiment too with nature, aren't you? You're not washing your hair right now. <laughs> uh, I didn't know we were going to disclose that information on the air, George. Yeah, I just wanted to see what happens. Maybe I look like, I, I don't know. Uh, I just I, look like this gruntled, poor opera singer. That's exactly Toby, what I think happens. you look great. Thank yeah, you. You're going to end up looking Thank gross and nasty. Uh-huh. I forgot how handsome you are. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners who've never seen my face, just believe her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we've got a great first segment for you. It's our Chalk Talk segment. Actually, Tobias, this was your idea, and I'm going to ask you to set it up. Sure. Um, so I'm friends with uh, baritone Danny Belcher, the Grammy-winning uh, baritone Danny Belcher, and he posted something. We're friends on Facebook as well, and he posted something about uh, production of The Lawn Walk uh, that he did at Opera Saratoga, and he's going to be redoing it again uh, later this season. Uh, the Long Walks by uh, Jeremy Beck by in, uh, by the libretto of Stephanie Fleischman. And it's based on Brian Kastner's memoir of uh, his story as a bomb disposal officer in Iraq and his struggles with anxiety upon his return home. Um, and in reading the, and this was a New York Times article, and just reading about it in the production um, and the steps that they took to both interpret his memoir and then find out who he was as a person, you know, got me thinking like, yeah, it's... There aren't a ton of operas uh, that actually are about war. Mm -hmm. There are operas that are, you know, where war is a topic, certainly. Um, But you have The Long Walk, and then you mentioned in the intro Fallujah. Um, And these are operas that are current day um, and deal with what our veterans here in the United States, at least in these two operas, um, are faced with when they return home. And one of the, uh, it's it's a daunting task to come home from war in 2016 and and that's not totally new but it's what we're dealing with now and so what do you think opera is addressing this story you know opera as i said has been part of this excuse me uh, war has been part of this art form for a very long time but it's usually been like a setting so take les troyens by berlioz it takes place during the trojan war but it's not really about that conflict these are two operas that are very very specific about very specific conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. Fallujah, uh, and then um, the more recent one in the case of the, the Long, Long Walk. Walk. Yeah, you know, in each one of them, it, it it centers around the social relevance. And actually, so with Fallujah, um, which debuted at Long Beach Opera this past March, um, their artistic director, uh, Andreas Mitizek, uh, said that their mission is to produce works of social relevance. Um and I think it's totally relevant. I have friends, and I don't know about you guys. Where I grew up, I have friends who have served multiple tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I actually wow, none ha- of my friends have. Really? No, no. Well, and you know, maybe that's because where I grew up, uh, Kansas. And yeah, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, and it's very patriotic. Um, you know, one of my buddies, this, a guy that I just admired so much. Um, I, he was a senior when I was a sophomore and we threw hmm. discus and did football and stuff together. And I thought he was just an awesome, awesome human. And he was, well, he went and, and he got killed in Afghanistan mm-hmm. trying to do humanitarian aid and he yeah. was a sniper, but you th- like, these are my friends. These are people, this is right now. Yeah. And we're writing opera right now about it and what it's like to return home and what it's like, not only for the soldiers, the veterans, um, but what it's like for their families. And that's a huge deal in the longest walk or in the long walk. Pardon me. Mm. Well, and I feel like part of part of the shift in 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 opera is not a beautification of a subject mm-hmm. or a yeah uh, really like where the Troyen, for example, it was less about war and more about grandeur and and this epic story. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you know, we've got TV and and cinema to do that, and opera is is turning more towards the social justice issues and really the nitty gritty and and what we as humans face on a day-to-day level and how we can express that through music, namely opera. Right, and that's actually almost verbatim what what the librettist for Fallujah said. And she said that 
their idea is to that they want to spark conversation about the emotional cost mm-hmm. of war, and that's right now, um, and that is a social, you know, issue that we're dealing with. And like you had mentioned, there are other social things going on right now, and we could, well, we can discuss them at a later date. But it, it'll be interesting to see what history writes or what music decides mm-hmm. to write about what's going on in, in 2016 right now. Yeah, I will say I'm always wary though of this argument about like, oh, it's so relevant, you know. I think that's insulting to say that about a piece. Like, we should do this opera because it's so relevant. Mm -hmm. Surely just doing the opera itself is what makes it relevant, right? Good art is always about the moment in which we live. Good art is about the here and the now. We don't need to be told that it's relevant. We just need to see it. This is why I don't like productions that are of from, you know, say the 1700s or the 1800s and directors update them to the present day. That's insulting because we don't, audiences don't need that. We can make those parallels ourselves. That's a good point. We can see that original piece. We're smart enough to get those parallels. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's a great point, George, that we can make the parallels ourselves. And that honestly is part of the suspension of belief of going to a theater too. Um, And that's why we are able to be transported and enjoy a theater performance is because we put ourselves in either the character shoes or we let the music um, dictate where our minds go. And it is based off our own personal experience. So I think you're really right there. I also, th- though, would argue that doing works on subjects that are as current and as controversial as you know, veterans coming back and suffering from PD- PTSD, um, that's great. So if these operas turn out to inspire music lovers or if they turn out to... M- bring attention to a different subject and that is the ugliness of war inspiring great art and i i'm a fan of that um and i don't necessarily think that's insulting to say that this is relevant you're listening to opera box score on wnur fm our number in the studio 847-866-9687 give us a call let us know what you're thinking there is something about the way music is able to allow us to talk about and allow us to feel things which are otherwise very difficult to discuss. There's something about the power of music where it it moves us in a way that sometimes words and sometimes poetry cannot. Obviously, all operas are a mix of words and a mix of music, and I've not heard the music for uh, The Long Walk. I haven't read the book, but I, th- I think you get the feeling that, that whatever that soundscape is for this piece is that it's able to convey that emotion of, of this man's suffering. Absolutely, and I think that's a cool thing about opera is that not only do you get the colors of the music, so you can have a stark sound. You can have a cold sound, a warm uh, sound that totally uh, envelops you, or, uh, well, and unlike other forms, then you get to add text. And I think that's incredible too. And in the long walk, there are there's text there where and, and we'll post this on the website, the New York Times article, but it, it quotes part of the libretto and it's the mother talking to Jesse, who is the wife. Um and she she asks her mom, What's it gonna be like when he comes home? How different's that gonna be, you know? And she's like, Well, he's not coming home, regardless of whether or not he returns alive or dead he's not coming home because he won't be the same in a sense in essence he's already been killed Mm -hmm. and to put music to that i mean the text in in and of itself is enough for us to go holy crap you know maybe she's right maybe she's not i hope she's not for the sake of the family for the marriage but holy cow when you add music to that i mean 
I do again. I I question the impact though. If you look at this article, it's on our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com. About halfway down, there's a quote from uh, Brian Kastner who wrote the book, and he says, "This is tough to watch, but." I don't need the opera to tell me that I was tough to live with when I came back from He like, doesn't Rock. need it. He doesn't need it, but we do mm-hmm. yeah, as a listener. Yeah, because we don't know. Also, a lot of the people that are listening to this don't know what it is like to have served and to have PTSD when you come back. I mean, mm. to me, this is, this is going a little bit backwards, but when I watched La Noce de Figaro, I don't walk away with the emotional stimulation that I might from the long walk mm-hmm. because I feel such a connection to it because... You're right, Toby. We have friends coming back from war. We have friends leaving for war. It's not something that I understand. It's not maybe something that most of us understand. But I, I can see it, and that's scary because of how little I can understand the effects, yeah. you know, what they see, what they do. And what drives them to then volunteer. Exactly. That's another thing I simply don't understand. And I, I'm not going to broadcast to the world that I'm unpatriotic, but I just don't understand and that. I See, I, I understand it. Not only that, but I applaud it. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful that my friends said, you know what? I think my future is serving my country mm-hmm. in this capacity, in the capacity that I'm going to volunteer to put my life. And I'm thinking of my friends who, who have been to Iraq and Afghanistan or served in Kuwait or my friends currently that one of my best friends just got assigned to uh, a training class for the F-35A, which is, you know, something that the United States government spent billions of dollars that's, to defend. That's an airplane? What is that? That is an airplane. Okay. That is a fighter jet. And it's, and so anyway, I have tremendous amount of respect for the people who are going to, who feel the pull, the call to go do it. Just and like that I, is also the question arises if you agree with the wars, you know, that's right. another and, thing. And that's okay. So agreeing with war. Oh my gosh, I'm rambling. For, for those who don't know, I love history and I love World War II history. And so uh, I love music as well. And when you can somehow connect, because obviously wars have happened throughout history, and luckily for us, also music's been written throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting to see how it's affected what music is being written. And I think specifically of World War II and, and then right now what we have going on. You know, we. Well, let's take it back even further to World War One, as we talked about on the show last week uh, with David John Pike. Yeah. Uh, here we are in the 100th anniversary of uh, the middle of the First World War, I guess it would be. You look at the songs of George Butterworth. Uh, you would look at a piece like Silent Night. Okay, so here's a contemporary opera written in 2012, Pulitzer Prize winner, by, libretto by Mark Campbell, scored by, by Minnesota Kevin Opera, right? Done in Minnesota, done in Philadelphia, done in Atlanta, done at the Wexford Festival in Ireland. This is a piece which is all about the First World War. And as I said earlier, we can watch that and we can know exactly how that applies to our lives here and now. That score, by the way, is is insane. The orchestral forces are enormous. I know the show pretty well. Uh, it's it's a, a very incredible piece. It's a very, very moving piece. It is. And... We had talked a little bit before we went on the air about writing about war being relatively new. And, um, you know, I think it's awesome, though, that all these companies, especially with Silent Night, that it's getting the attention that it is and that it's being not just produced, but awesome productions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that there can be more of that. I, I don't know that I'm calling for a bunch 
of new offers to be written about Iraq and Afghanistan or I mean there's a saturation point exactly yeah but I do think it's cool that it is relevant enough and current enough that people thought it was a worthwhile subject and to give to this, listeners. In our generation especially, I really connect with you on that infatuation with World War II, for lack of a better word. That's something I was obsessed with World War II in high hmm. school. Like right. It was just, to me, it's one of the most fascinating periods of history because you just see in, all over the world, not just in the European and, and the Western world, but all over the world, what was happening in Africa and everything during that time period is truly incredible what humanity mm-hmm. is capable of, both the good and bad. Well, And, and the- I think... Go ahead. World War II is still reachable for our generation. You know, that's our grandfathers. I'm trying yeah. to think of a World War II opera. You know, there are. I don't know if I can think of one. As far as well, one of our listeners, please let us know yeah. uh, what we're missing. That's a good question. Um, I mean, the death of Klinghoffer is the only one that touches on somewhat of a and that's a Jewish it's right. So there's a little yeah. anti-Semitic, but that even that is. I mean, there's there's really not an opera that says this is World War II. And I think that's, for me, it makes sense because, oh, my gosh, when we call it a world war, it really was. Yeah. And music was, you know, you look at what um, the BBC Symphony during the 40s, right. mm-hmm. and it totally changed their programming from 1930, well, from 1940, basically, until, you know, the end of the war, what they chose to do, who they, whose music they, you know, and they still did and I, I really think this is amazing to think about. You know, they're at war with Germany, and the BBC Symphony still programmed tons of Wagner. And their well, idea look at was all the Polonaise and all the Chopin. Yeah. And I mean, hmm. there was so much of all the. With the idea being that you know what, we as civilized citizens can still celebrate great music regardless of who it's associated with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just changed so much what was written. And I think now that's why I'm excited about the long walk, about Fallujah, is because it has changed. What's going on in our world has changed, obviously. You know, and this isn't totally new, but in regards to war, um, it's changed what's being written and the and the literature on which some of the new uh, operas are being based. Let us know what you're thinking. 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. We're going to step aside for one second, take a little PSA break. When we come back, Javonda Jacques gets into the hot seat. We talked to her about her recent trip to France and to Italy. I hope we're going to talk about food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about food, George. <laughs> Those are what all my questions are for. <laughs> Opera Box Score on WNUR 89.3 FM. Stick around. You're listening to Opera Box Score. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the specific idea between is dropout to go to and could be you. It's her future. Take the, the pledge math. to volunteer now at UnitedWay.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. 
This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Over 14 million now the new worldwide. bike your kid wants. That's the equivalent of every child under five These are the things you could no have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, rates, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving Please energy go to saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ed Council. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. A public service everything. message brought to you by the United Nations Foundation. And then we played catch. I broke Mr. Lewis's window. And then, somehow, my hand. My hand! And then my dad even let me drive his car. The hospital's on the right! It was a rough day. It was a great day. An abducted child is everyone's child. And now, everyone who has a cell phone can help. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org. Go a public to service wireless from Amber the US Department of Health and Human Services. A child Adopt is US Kids and the Ad Council. Brought to you by the Wireless Foundation. Well, here we are again, and I've got to tell you, Jim, this match has National me Center really concerned. Here we have a powerful heavyweight, a train, weighing in at 6,000 tons. And this hasty, lightweight challenger, a car, at just one and a half tons? This does not bode well for the car or the people in it. It's no contest. Every day, people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score, America's talk radio show about opera. Now I hear you say an opera ain't your thing, but get this. We tackle everything about opera and body slam it into a sports radio setup. The result? 60 minutes of in-depth analysis, outrageous opinions, and good, clean fun. You might even learn something. Opera class, sports radio crass. Join us for Opera Box Score Monday nights at 9 on WNUR. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. That's what you're listening to, Opera Box Score on WNUR. George Cedarquist here with Tobias Wright. I'm here. I'm still here. And Giovanna Jacques. Hi. Good to see you again. You have been gone a month. I have. JoJo. And, uh, okay, so you flew out of Chicago. You flew into Paris? Flew into Nice. Into Nice. Okay. Um, I spent two days in Nice, and then my mother and I departed for Palermo, which is in Sicily. And then we drove around to all of the surrounding villages around Palermo. Then we we crossed the island to Catania and then drove around the surrounding villages there as well. So we visited almost the entire island. The part we missed was the south. East. Did you have a glass of wine in your hand the entire month that you were there? Like the whole yeah. time? You know, I'm not that big of a drinker, so no, but I definitely had pasta in my mouth the whole time. Yes. Oh my God. What kind of pasta were you eating? Every kind. It was so good. I ate pasta a la norma like a million times, which is with eggplant and ricotta serrata and Did tomato sauce. Yeah. It's really good. Um, Toby, I cheated on you. I, well, I had an Italian lover, and I, I want to admit well, that to hello. you now. <laughs> well, well, you're just going to throw this to me on the air, and you're yeah. only doing this so I don't freak out. Yeah, exactly. I need you to know I'm shaking violently right now. <laughs> Actually, on my notepad over here, I scribbled to you. I said, uh, Giovanna, who is more beautiful, Italian or Frenchman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Italian for sure. Okay, Why? cool. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I've never gotten along with Frenchmen. I think they just don't like me, and I don't like them. Hmm. They're too skinny and I'm too fat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't say that, Giovanna. Dude, you're beautiful. That is ridiculous. 
Toby, you didn't say she wasn't fat. You you're just not fat. <laughs> I don't have to say oh that God. you're not fat on air. Oh, my gosh. I, now this is where people and are going to I feel bad like, for cheating on you. Well, I, no, I, I was just going to ask <laughs> Sicily. It, it always makes me a little nervous, right? Because, like, Sicily is, is the home of the mafia. Yeah. Oh, wrong? my gosh. I have the funniest story about that. Okay. Can I tell you guys? Go ahead. So my mom and I spent the one of our last days with this Sicilian friend of a friend of hers who, whatever, it was a really boring day. But he was funny. And we were asking him about, you know, if if he was worried about Italy and, you know, France has gotten now three, although actually two terrorist attacks, but um, the mm. third one is not, con- the, I mean, four. So three of them were terrorists or whatever. Moving on. And, too, um, too many. Yes, too many. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, are, are Italians ever worried? And, and he said, Italians, maybe. Sicilians, they don't mess with us. <laughs> and we were like, oh, why? That's and he terrifying. just goes, eh, mafia. <laughs> Yeah. We were like, oh, <laughs> right. You went that. to the uh, Teatro Massimo. I did in Palermo. Yeah, yeah in Palermo. it was so cool. Um, there aren't any operas in session. None that we could really see right now. Um, everything's kind of on the off season. Uh-huh. But uh, like it is here. I, yeah, I guess. exactly. Yeah. There were a lot yeah. of like youth camps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one night my mom and I did go around the town and there was a cellist playing but that was pretty awful so I, okay. i'm hoping like somebody was like busking he was yeah she was just like <laughs> she. she sorry not he was in the piazza and was just playing and it just wasn't very good it was hmm. in in a, a key that shouldn't exist i okay. don't know what it was but it was wrong uh you know i once applied for a job at the teatro massimo did you i did yeah well the guy who who was the artistic director he was actually an italian american Talked to him on the phone. He was like really nice, and you know, threw in this application just to like assistant direct there. It never really came to anything. I think like my application got lost, and then they oh, like took a, took a nap, <laughs> a very, and then had an early Italian lunch, and then that do. was yeah, yeah. I think that was kind <laughs> of it. But um, okay, so you didn't see any shows down there. No, you did go to the Bellini Museum. I did. That was really cool. So the Bellini, the Bellini Museum is actually in um, Bellini's winter home okay. in Catania. Hmm. So he had two homes. He actually came from quite a prominent family. Um, so we got to see the room in which he was born. Okay. Uh, his casket was there, but his actual grave site is in the Duomo of Catania. Hmm. Did you go there? Did you uh, pay homage? I'm wrong. It's in Paris. He died oh. in Paris. He's buried okay. in Paris. But okay. they have like a, a headstone for him mm-hmm. in the Duomo. Yes, I did go there. My mother and I visited, I, I was telling her at the end of the trip that it was stimulating in so many ways because it was historically stimulating. We saw ruins. We saw museums. It was just incredible. It was belly stimulating because I don't want to talk about how much I ate. It was just incredible. You know, yeah. everything about it was nurturing. Ita- the Sicilians are so incredibly nice. They're mm. like the south of France. Well, you know, people there are th- just so nice. I think for people who... Uh, romanticize what italy is you know they're thinking they're thinking of the italian villa that is in tuscany with like yeah with the with the vineyard but they're imagining the sicilian family lifestyle exactly um and so it's cool that you got to spend time and be around that and immerse yourself in it and also so you go back to bellini and i think you look at italy and the his the the history of music that came from italy yeah the music that we're interested at least yeah because I mean the 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 number of composers who contributed to our art form, our opera box score art mm-hmm. form, mm-hmm. is incredible, and it's so cool just to be where Bellini was born on, and walked, and you think like, whoa, greatness yeah. was here. 
Yeah. And what inspired him? Was it just a mad genius or was it, was it part of the surroundings? And yeah. I think certainly being a Sicilian, it's Sicilian, it was his surroundings. Hmm. Well, and I will say, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate living in France to be able to travel around Italy. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen more of Italy than I think any other country. Um, and I, not, I, not more than France. Yeah, I think so. Actually, oh, okay. I was thinking about it. I think I've technically seen more of Italy. But my mom and I were, were talking about the fact that I think the reason why Italians have such a sense of style, have such a beautiful sense of music, is because they're surrounded by so much beauty, not only in the land, but in the architecture. Mm-hmm. So they grow up with beauty everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that and that makes this creative genius. You know, yeah. I mean, you uh, the, the, the cities are dirty. Fine. Whatever. Yeah, it was but pretty hot and stinky, right? It wasn't actually that hot until the last couple of days, and that was only in the Rowan ruins when I thought I was going to pass out because there was zero shade. Oh, but it was pretty yeah. stinky yeah. until you walked by the restaurants, and then it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but to add to what you were saying, um, also the lifestyle is different. The lifestyle is different, and it's very, you know, I that's a very southern thing too i mean the lifestyle in in tuscany is not the same as sicily just Mm -hmm. like the lifestyle in paris isn't the same as the south of france southerners the southern french and the southern italians really have this joie de vivre and this really this incredible ability to take their time they take their time (laughs) to do everything you're telling me man where's my resume yeah right (laughs) still waiting i mean we my we we you know everything closes for lunch from one to five you know yeah and they'd go home, they take their siesta, they they just chill. Yeah, well, they... But they, they don't get anything done. That's the flip side. Americans get <laughs> stuff done. Do we? Yeah. I mean, I, no, maybe. you have no idea, Toby. Every time, I was, like, so sad to come back, and then I kept thinking, no, because I can't get anything done here. And the U.S., the self-made man and the American dream is a real thing, believe it or not. And it's just impossible. To I'm get of stuff the opinion, done. as someone who works way too much, <laughs> that like, of course, we lose sight sometimes, and that's oh, why absolutely. people do romanticize Italian lifestyle. Is because they work to live; they don't live to work. Exactly. You know, Deep I mean, thought, Toby. So <laughs> I'm full of them tonight. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was going to say. I, I, I'm just going to walk out now. <laughs> I have been to uh, Mozart's birthplace, but uh, in um, Austria, uh, Salzburg. Yeah. Uh, which is very well done, actually. There's a cool house that you can go to. It's teeny. It's absolutely teeny. And you can see, like, his first passes at composition, and there's a lock of his hair, and, like, you're walking through the rooms. It, it sounds like the Bellini Museum was a little more sort of like... This is his home. Yeah. You go from room to room, and you see. Uh, Just you know, like It was that. really, like, laid back. That was an awful Italian accent. Don't even worry about it. But Did you see any any music or art when you were in France? Uh, Yeah, I mean... I wasn't in France as long as I was in Italy. So, and yeah. while I was in France, it was a lot of family and, and visits. Um, we were talking a little bit about this before, but I actually am really counting my blessings because my mother and I were planning loosely to go see those those Nice fireworks, potentially. Right. And we decided to have me leave a day early. So um, the people that I knew that were there are fine, but that's a very scary reality. You know, this is the closest I've been to... To one of these issues, one of these terrorist attacks, home. yeah. Mm-hmm. Except exactly. it was not a terrorist attack, apparently. Right. Um, right. Let's. I don't want to get political. It was a terrorist attack. Yes, but not not, <laughs> not on the same vein as the three previous ones. For I don't know, seventy people died. That's a terrorist it's, attack. It's dreadful. I will say, on the flip side, every time I see a headline about it, I think it says "nice," not yeah. "nice." <laughs> yeah. That was. I'm momentarily <laughs> confused. I'm like, this is awful. Why are you calling it nice? 
sorry, George. <laughs> oh, and this is and then, one time George. where your genius is failing you. I, I know. I'm just that's just how I'm responding. I'm okay. just telling you. You know what's interesting though? Talking about musical homes. You yes. know, Mozart and Bellini, and mm-hmm. I've been to Casa Verdi where he's buried in Milan and they built the house for like the retirement. Right. Beethoven's house. Right. For, Forte cool. de Marmi, right? That's, oh no, that's Puccini. That's Sorry. Puccini. But yeah. like, do we really do that in the United States? I mean, there's like Lincoln's childhood home. Well, certainly not and, for a composer. I mean, who's, yeah, whose house right. would it be? Right. That's like Bernstein's walk up in New York City. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, maybe someday, George. No, seriously, tell me, who, who, whose house would it be in uh, the U.S.? Well, let's think. Co- uh, Copeland? Ives, maybe Bernstein. Bernstein, I would say, because people love it. It would have Bernstein. to be one of the. I mean, it's not going to be Samuel Barber or like uh, Walter Piston or Mark or Adamo. Yeah. Well, he's he's <laughs> st- st- he's still alive. alive. <laughs> well, so, I mean, this is. No. I mean, they're all from a relatively different time too. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's a different. If, frankly, the United States musically, we're pretty young. Yeah. Telling me, man. Not I mean, to mention our 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 cultural focus isn't the same as. Europe's in general. Yeah. Oh, not at all. Like, I, we don't celebrate the arts. We weren't, f- it's not in our culture right. as deeply, obviously, uh-huh. because we are so young. Yeah, exactly. Well, but we're glad okay. you're back, Giovanna. Thank glad you. I you. am too. I was really depressed, and now I'm really happy because Toby's not mad at me you for should, cheating on you him. Should, uh, you should you be know, I just I keep it easy. <laughs> Your miss, not mine. Opera Box score <laughs> 89.3 FM in Evanston. Our number in the studio, 847 847- 866-9687. Let us know where you've been traveling. This is going to cheer you up. If you were feeling depressed, Giovanna, and this internet meme I only just came across, and I, I truly thought I was the last person on earth to see this thing. It's from 2010, which shows you just how much time I don't spend on the internet. But it is a clip <laughs> called Trollolo. Well, and you'll be glad to find out that I discovered it tonight. Okay. Uh, well, good. I I'm, think you pronounced it wrong, George. It's not Trollolo. It's Trollolo. <laughs> <laughs> just, just listen. If you're listening to this show, just do yourself a favor. Just, just go look up Trollolo. T R O L O L O. The meme became used by trollers what? on the internet, which they would then play every time they trolled somebody. Uh, but it's totally preposterous, and uh, because there's not a lot of music on this show, this is the only music we got on this show this Oliver, week. Oliver, I'm so sorry that we don't have more music on so this show. So sit know, back and relax. See if you can find it on the internet as you're listening to this. Yeah, 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 yeah
can't believe that I've only just discovered that. George, I'm going to make it the ringtone on my phone. How long was that Amazing. clip? About three minutes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm never getting those three minutes back. Oh, Toby, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's like the best three minutes of your day, probably. That was. So it was sweet. either the best or the worst. I'm Sung by sure a yet. Russian baritone called Edward Kiel, who died in the, uh, oh gosh, uh, after, after the clip came out. So 2012, <laughs> I think. The clip is from the 70s. It turns out it's a cowboy song. I didn't mean to but laugh. But growing up in Russia, they couldn't use the words of, like, American cowboys, so he just had to make up, like, nonsense vocables. I wish, I was, hope that they played it at his funeral. I don't know if they did. But that would be dark, okay, to say the let's least. let's talk about a few things, though. Okay. Actually, there's some pretty good singing. What are you talking about? It's great singing. He's got a he's got a lovely like Sorry. middle register, right? Let me put on my my voice teacher glasses. Go on, go on, to <laughs> Doctor Doctor Tobias. I uh, know. I thought it was, it's actually a pleasant sound, and I think that's what actually makes it so much fun to listen to that. Is you're like, huh? He's not making fun of singing. He's really like legitimately singing, singing, and it's so silly. Yeah. If you if you watch the YouTube clip, he's sort of like, I can't believe I'm doing this, and at the same time, he's like, Well, I better give it all I got. Yeah. I will say, listeners, you were not um, treated to the the beauty of watching Tobias and George uh, interpretive <laughs> dance to that, well, which Tobias I was, was glad to along, do. And you sounded great. I mean, for you're a tenor, you know, but he's Some a baritone. You sounded you sounded very good. You yeah. know what that means? What? It's time for me to quit singing. No, think of a fox. You should change. just practice more. <laughs> Whoa! Throwing shade. Ouch. Opera box score Ouch. on WNUR eighty nine point three FM. Number in the studio, 847-866-9687. We're going to step aside for a couple minutes, a couple PSAs. We're going to be back with the two-minute drill. Stick around. You're listening to Opera Box Score. This message brought to you by WNUR. Brought to you by EPA and the Atkinson. 
need to travel As a parent, you can't help but look at your money. child and wonder what the future holds. Make dream about the possibility of your son Angel or daughter becoming a professional athlete or a renowned heart surgeon. While you're dreaming, consider this. The odds that your child will be diagnosed with autism are 1 in 150. Knowing the signs of autism and catching it early could make a world of difference to your child and to you. To learn the signs, visit autismspeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Coughs and colds are no fun for You've got to protest. But don't assume you letters. need antibiotics. Today, my new dad and I shot a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot a rocket in the park. WNUR Evanston. And this is the best of WNUR programming. This message brought to you by the National Consumers League and WNUR. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. Summer isn't fun when you're hungry. Give me a math quiz. I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I wish I was in school. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. Together, we're Feeding America. To find your local Feeding America food bank, visit feedingamerica.org slash summer meals. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. Whether you're allergic to opera or you're a devoted fan, our show is for you. We tackle the week's opera headlines and body slam them into a sports radio setup. The result, 60 minutes of play-by-play analysis, exclusive interviews, and scandalous opinions. Plus the heroes, villains, and stats from this crazy art form that we love and love to complain about. Join us for Opera Box Score Monday nights at 9 on WNUR. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. This just in the two minute drill. Time for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes tops. Marilyn Niska, a lyric soprano who was a mainstay of New York City opera in the 60s and 70s, died last week. She was 89. Miss Niska was known for performances as Chocho San in Puccini's Madama Butterfly, Violetta in Verdi's La Traviata, and the title role in Richard Strauss's Ariadne of Naxos. But none of the roles made a bigger impact than her breakout performance in 1970 in Janacek's The Macropolis Affair. Enrique Carayon Robledo has been named the new general and artistic director for Opera San Antonio. He succeeds composer Tobias Picker, who left the company in January 2015. Carayon Robledo's credits include four years as artistic director of Opera in the Heights in Houston. Opera Frankfurt reports it sold 85% of all available tickets in the season that just ended. That's up from 80% the previous season. The number of subscribers remained the same. They just went more often. As part of its ongoing 21st century reinvention, San Diego Opera is taking its singers out of the concert hall and into the streets this fall with the debut of Opera on Track. On four weekends in September and October, eight free abridged performances of Rossini's Opera Cenerentola will be presented by costume singers in stations, amphitheaters, parks, and other venues along San Diego's public transport trolley lines. English National Opera has published a list of the top 100 must-see operas on the BuzzFeed website. How many have you seen? Use the link on our website, operavoxscore.squarespace.com, on the page called This Week's Show to test yourself. That's the two-minute drill. 
here on Opera Box Score, 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago. That's WNUR. I'm George Cedarquist, along with Tobias Wright. Yeah, I'm here. So really quick, just something I want to respond to. And Giovanna Jacques. Oh. I'm here, too. Oh, jo- Giovanna. Toby, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Now he I loves feel, me. Now I feel rude. Anyway, um, I just have to say, uh, and this probably isn't a very popular opinion, but I hate that. San Diego Opera is going to reintroduce itself to its community by giving free performances and uh, with, uh, did it say it was costumed? It did. Costumed outside of a theater of Cenerentola on a trolley line. I'm not a fan of that. I really am not. I think it's great to take opera to people, sure. Um, but to the average person who's not going to attend that, they're just going to see it as some obnoxious singers happening on their ride home. I could not agree with you more. I this this is what I don't understand about this type of initiative is what is the connection between Cenerentola and a trolley stop? Yeah. This is exactly what you were talking about, George, how people take old operas and then try and fit them into today's time and that takes a lot of the rev- le- re- relevance away from it. And yeah. the answer to that riddle is that there is no connection. There is yeah. literally no connection between that. So therefore, it is a waste of time. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I sound so sour grapes when I say that, but like really, I want No, San- man, you have a brain and these clowns <laughs> at San Diego Opera, they're trying to like do something interesting and unfortunately, they're blowing it. Well, yeah, it's just interesting because I've seen some I taking opera to people, giving it away for free doesn't uh, to me, spark the imagination. It doesn't uh, teach people. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just. I think it's gimmicky. I think it's just an. It's a. It's an attempt, sure, but it's not necessarily the best thought out. Uh, I don't know. Oh darn it, Giovanna Jacques. What uh, is interesting uh, to you about the two minute? I want to do this Buzzfeed. I want to. Want to do this Buzzfeed thing? Yeah, I want to do this Buzzfeed. All right, thing. let's do this Buzzfeed, Buzzfeed thing. I, I again, I don't spend a lot of time on Buzzfeed. Some of the links on Buzzfeed. Oh my goodness! I know. If my wife They're... knew that I was looking at Buzzfeed. Oh, she'd be angry. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look at this. There's a, here's a link. We bet you can't tell which of these dresses is real leather. Interesting. Yeah. yeah my and wife. then let's my, also my know wife. That... My wife would be really upset if I looked at that <laughs> Your too. Your wife yeah. would be really my upset. Exactly. <laughs> would she back in Kansas? Oh, I'm so sick. So here's the thing. So yeah. So English National Opera posts on BuzzFeed. They list a hundred operas, and they Go. want to know how many you've seen. So this is what I want to do. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is a challenge to the listeners. We're gonna work the three of us as a team because it's gonna take forever if we go separately. So mm-hmm. let's just collectively say how many of these operas we've seen. Can't I want to get. I want to get above 90. I have a question. That's my goal. I have a question. Does seeing uh, a DVD count? uh, I don't know if that counts. All right. Fair. I don't don't know if seeing it. Let's say it's got to be live. Okay. Let's let's say it's got to be live. And the the challenge to the listeners is uh, you email us, operaboxscore at gmail.com, or you call in and you let us know if you can can get higher than us. All right. I'll say the names, and you guys just say yes or no. Traviata, yes. Yes. Carmen, yes. Bohème, yes. Tosca, yes. Magic Flute, yes. Butterfly, yes. Barbersville, yes. Rigoletto, yes. Figaro, yes. The Marriage of, yeah. Don Giovanni, yes. Flatermouse, yes. Ah, Aida, yep. Elixir of Love, Onegin, Cozy, yes. Nabucco, yes. Hansel and Gretel, yes. This weekend. This weekend, directed by the wonderful George Sudeikis. Trovatore, yes. Turandot. But okay, Trevatore was a DVD, so but, I, but I've seen it. Okay. I saw it at the Met. Turandot, yes. Pagliacci? Yep. No. 
Okay, what? good. Lucia, yep. Atello, yep. Mary Widow, yep. yes. Flying Dutchman, no. Uh, I've I've seen Flying Dutchman, yes. Uh, Cavalleria by Mascagni, oh yep. no. Okay, good. Mast Ball, yep. Ballard Mascaro, yep. Good. Chenarentula, yep. mm-hmm. Macbeth yep. by Verdi, Falstaff, yep. yes. Uh, and Führung aus dem Seral, Abduction from the Seraglio, no. Yes, I have. So far, we have yet to miss one. Yes, and we're a third of the way. <laughs> this through. is great. This is great. Tales of Hoffman. Yep. Uh, Rheingold. Yeah. Yes. Wait, no, wait. I've seen Rheingold. Rheingold's happening this week. Uh, uh, okay. Valkyra. Yep. Yes. Faust. Yep. Uh, Pasquale. Yep. Zalame. Yep. Uh, Don Carlos. Nope. <gasps> All uh, right. That's our first Don miss. Don Carlos, the one okay, that got us. Okay, we're going on. Skiki. Yep. Uh, Tabaro. Nope. No. Swore Angelica. Yep. Yes. Tristan. Yes, no. I've seen it. Parsifal. Yes. yes. Yep. Ruzalica. No. Yes, I've seen it. Nice. Siegfried. No. Yes. Norma. Yep. Yes. Queen of Spades yep. by Tchaikovsky. Mm. Oh, you have seen <laughs> nice. it. Oh, nice. Ariadne off Naxos. No. I have seen it. Great. Tannhäuser. Yes. Rosenkavalier. Yep. Yes. Gooder Dummerung. No. no. I've seen it. Fidelio. Yes. Uh, Lady Macbeth of Mitsensk by Shostakovich. No. Negative. I have seen the DVD, <laughs> but it's, it's we're not going to count that. Why? Uh, You've seen it. DVD. Ah, fine. Forza del Destino. No, but I'd love to. I have seen Forza. We're, that's all. Mikado. Yep. yep. Akhenaten by Philip Glass. No. Nope. Mm, Nixon in China. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, Yennefer. Yep. Peter Grimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xerxes by Handel. No. I haven't seen it. Orfeo. Wait, did we? So we don't? Xerxes didn't go? Xerxes, no. Cool. No. Uh, Cesare. Yep. Death of Klinghoffer. I've seen DVD. Doesn't count. So we don't count it. Satyagraha. No. No. Einstein on the beach. This is okay. Nobody sees Einstein <laughs> on the beach. No one does Einstein on the beach. What? Billy, but what you have? Yeah. Where? Um, I saw it back in home. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Billy Bud. I have not seen Billy Bud. Uh, mm, no, I, I have seen it. Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Yes. Fairy Queen. Yes, <laughs> written on skin, George Benjamin. That is a very new opera. I'm surprised it's on the list. No, they, okay, need, okay. they needed a hundred operas. So. Girl of the Golden West. Yes, Fanchula. Yep. Oh, oh, Meister Singer from Nuremberg. I did not see. I that. I have not seen that either. That and, is, and we missed it. What three years ago? Here, that there? is a real error. I really should have seen that show, and I haven't. Pirates of Penzance. Yes. yes. Rape of Lucretia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes. Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Cunning Little Vixen. Yes. No. yes. Anna Nicole. Yes. I have seen that. I saw it at Covent Garden in the Royal Opera. You saw it? Oh, that's so cool. It was really good. Gloriana by Britain. No. Minotaur by Harrison Birtwistle. No. Saw it on DVD, but doesn't count. Lulu by Berg. Yes. Mm-hmm. Boris Goodenough. Yes. Mazursky. Nice. Uh, Wozzeck. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Werther. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pelios et Melisande. Yes. Albert Herring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rhoda Linda Handel. Haven't seen no. Rhoda Linda either. Death in Venice. No. Negative. Uh, the Silken Ladder by no. Rossini. No. Mm. Bartered Bride. Yes. yes. Domineo. No. Yes. Seen it. Clemenza di Tito. No. Yes. Seen it. William Tell. Uh, Good. You? That's awesome. Dr. Atomic. Really... No. Uh, Coronation of Papea. Sadly. Seen it. Orlando by Handel. <laughs> no. Sadly. Uh, Freischutz by Weber. I have seen it. Maria Stuarda. Yes. La Fille du Régiment. Yes. Good. Benvenuto Cellini by Berlioz. Uh, I have no. no. Mary Wives of Windsor. No. Haven't seen it. And Simone Bocanegra. No. Mm. 
No. I haven't seen that either. All right. How'd we do? Show me team. my results. Oh, 83. 83. 83 out of 100. Well, what, do you guys, what do you guys think should be on that list? I certainly think there is a number of them on the list that uh, they were reaching just to get 100 offers. Was, was there any like glaring omission? Was there any glaring omission? Like of, of like a really popular opera? Yeah, just to just so they had one hundred. I don't know. I will say though, between the three of us having seen eighty three, that's pretty great because I think some of what they had on there was totally like, who has seen them? Yeah, they didn't want anybody to get a one hundred. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> as I was going through it, I, I'm kind of sending a little thank you to my parents for taking me to all of these when I was a kid, and yeah. I d- couldn't care less about them. But now I was able to say yes to a lot of well, them. Well, yeah, I I think it was kind of cool. Um, how many? I think we almost every Wagner opera I think had been that got listed. Yeah. I think we had attended. So I will say this. My opera going experience in the mm-hmm. last few years, and this isn't like I mean I perform. Right. And George and I talked about this. He's like, You've only seen so many like I think yeah. I, my count's like thirty something. Yeah. Maybe forty. Yeah. And like it's hard to go see operas when you're performing. It is hard to go see operas. You know when what you're I mean? Performing. Yeah. But I think between the three of us having seen that many was pretty great. It's also hard to go see operas when you're broke. True. Is there any opera that you've seen multiple times that yes. you're like, I don't have to see that for a while? Um, well, a lot of the ones that I've that I said I had seen once and don't need to see them again. Madama Butterfly is the one that I will see again and again and again and never get bored of it. <laughs> Me because too. I think it's so beautiful. Viene la sera, um, the enact one. I could just yeah, listen to that on repeat. It's so pretty. Uh, Tales of Hoffman, I love too. I have to say. Yeah. It's really cool. The one opera, and I hate to say this, is probably people are going to think I'm dumb, but I could probably go for a good decade without having to see Cosi Fan Tutte again. Oh, same. Or the, the Nozze di Figaro. And they're, was, both, they're both great. They're but great, and... but like, no, <laughs> thank you. I'm done. <laughs> oh, oh but, man. So back to what we talked about earlier, though. Cosi Fan Tutte, war. That's true. That's a very and good it, point. And this is something that I, we talked about as well. It's not about war, but it is around war yeah and you know i'm thinking about a lot of these operas are love stories that happen where one party is going to fight some kind of battle so really the concentration is on the the love you know Mm -hmm. a lot of these are generals a lot of them are military men or like radames he's like the dude in aida or some kind of soldier but even then it's all about you know simpatico it's about love like you said yeah exactly it's less about the battle itself and i think that's the shift in today's time is where you know, we're, we're loved out in a way, and the, the romance is, has been talked about through and through, and now we're talking about those other aspects, those supporting stories, if you will. Yeah. But cool list, and I would encourage, I think, we're going to post that on the website, so yeah. anybody who's listening, go take that quiz. Yeah, and, and don't feel bad if you only have five. Share, five is better than zero. Share it with us. And if you're at zero, dude, make an attempt to make it one. Yeah, exactly. Because you Especially can... Especially if you live in Chicago, you have zero excuse. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, too, and this is um, sometimes you just have to go. Yeah. You just got to take the leap. You just got to go and fall in love, even if it's a show you may not want to go see. So I did go see with Chicago Summer Opera, and this was directed by George. I'd Hansel never seen Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. It's cool, isn't it? Um, it was great. Yeah. And I've, I've... A lot of my undergrad friends were in that. I've heard, like, uh, La Rob Payton was in it. Um, and uh, when I was there... Um, I had a, a, a new friend, I'm proud to say, a new friend, Amber Farish, and she was great. And she was Hansel, and 
what a cool opera. Yeah. And what a cool project for a Chicago summer opera to have these young singers come in and do that. And now I can add that to my list of operas. Yeah. And now George can add it to his list of operas directed. 83 out of 100. Yeah. I was hoping for higher. Well, you know. Uh, I'm pretty okay with 83 at yeah. this point. Because you consider the amount of operas on there that are so, like, nobody cares about those operas. I feel like 83 is pretty good. The list should actually be 90 operas you should go see. Mm-hmm. So we got 83 out of 90. That's pretty good. Let's uh, see if our listeners can get better. Take the test. It's through the website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com. Let us know if you can beat that. We're going to wrap this show up with Good Call, Bad Call right about now. Good Call, Bad Call on Opera Box Score. Time to wrap the show up. Uh, it's been a doozy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Giovanna. Thanks, Tobias. Mm-hmm. You're so welcome. What's What's good or bad in opera world this week, Giovanna? Well, the bad news that I have is that Stuart Pierce, who was the former Metropolitan Opera Guild managing director, passed away today. Um, he was devoted. He devoted pretty much his entire career to both the Metropolitan Opera and the Metropolitan Opera Guild. So there's. A lot of sadness today mourning his death. Tobias Wright. Um, my, it's actually a both. It's a good call and a bad call, but it is that it is about time to be yap season. And I'm sure we'll, we'll cover the yap season extensively. <laughs> By which you mean the young artist program season? That is correct. That is correct. And what, what's the hassle with that? Why is it a problem? Why is it a bad thing? Uh, why is it a bad thing? Because everybody hopefully is saving their money to actually apply to do these auditions. And it's a good thing because hopefully everyone is uh, prepared. And I, I wish all of my friends and colleagues well. And I audition season for artists is hard. It's stressful. It's scary. Yeah. It's also exciting and fun. Yeah. We should probably save it for um, save it for another show, actually. Save it for the yeah. fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, good call for me is uh, next week, my good friend Kevin Byrne is coming into town. He's a dramaturg at the University of Arizona. He loves watching the Met in HD broadcasts, and that is going to be the topic for next week. Again, you can read up on it at this uh, article that we have on our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com. That's it for tonight's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com. That's V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S.com. For WNUR, our programming director is Nick Anderson, and the general manager is Brock Stussy. Our theme song is Vodka Inferno, written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Opera Box Score. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and if you know people who would enjoy our show, help spread the word by sharing our posts. On the website, you can always stream archived episodes and learn more about our team. And you can always email us at operaboxscore@gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast version of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And hey, don't just listen to our podcast. Be a grown-up. Leave a review. The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho. For Tobias Wright and Giovanna Jacques, I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera on a picnic blanket with some decent cheese, bread, and wine. We're back live on WNUR on Monday, July 25 at 9 p.m. Central. Street Beat is up next. You're listening to WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, Chicago's sound experiment.